welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back. Welcome to the final Sunday of Lent. Welcome to Palm Sunday. Welcome to the Sunday of the Passion. Welcome to the podcast for the week of March 25th, 2018. And welcome back. And if it's your first time, welcome. This is a podcast where we go through the ELCA's text for the upcoming week and kind of look at them from a science perspective and kind of go through them. And First and foremost, there's a couple notes and a couple things I want to get out into the open as we get into this week. First and foremost, I want to uh, just briefly mention a couple things. First, that we have the passing of Stephen Hawking in this last week. A uh, great scientist, a lot of great work, a lot of stuff I don't even fully understand. But it's amazing to me within all that stuff that he wasn't able to find, wrap his head around the idea of having a god in in being able to do this and and to me it's it's a shame it's it's amazing all the work and all this and all the effort he brought forth but it's it's too bad to me that he wasn't able to see the see the bigger picture in that and the second thing i want to also put forth is something that i've been checking out the last few weeks and i i'm really happy with what I've been seeing and so it's just something that possibly check out if you have the time I've checked into CBS has been putting out that show of living biblically and so far I've been really pleasantly surprised with it that it's been really about kind of showing the faith I think in a very positive light and I think in a world that right now where faith seems to be an issue that's a kind of a hot button issue it's really nice to be able to see where it isn't that, and it's it's being shown in a positive light. So I tentatively can say right now after three episodes that it's possibly worth checking into, and I really think it's something the church maybe should rally behind if it's something that we see as something we really want to support and something to kind of think about. The final thing is I kind of want to start leaking out. I've been hinting at and I want to start kind of leaking some of this stuff out of the bag and what's coming. And one of the things that I'm working on right now, I I have a friend of mine from college that I'm in discussions with to try to develop a logo for our podcast. And he's working on, I've given him a lot of free will with that and letting him uh, design it. His name's Dan. So I'm really excited to see when that comes out. When that happens, what I'm looking at doing is making this a lot more live to people. So I'm going to look at posting all the old podcasts along with then moving forward that we would be I'd be putting them in a place so that it would be possible to download them through like the podcast uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio, uh, now I'm drawing a blank, Google Play, different apps like that so that you could be able to uh, share it, to download it, to be able to offline listen. I would also hoping to still be able to, as it kind of progresses, uh, develop a way, I'm going to look at developing a website for this so that we can hopefully have more commentary around our our the podcast and have just kind of more discussion i'm really looking forward to that aspect to be able to kind of get in some deeper conversations with you guys the listeners about some of these different things so i can kind of understand what's going to going through your head after listening to these podcasts 
and just to also have the possibility of still getting an email blast if that was something for you guys. So there's still a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that I'm still working on. I'm hoping the the hope is it's coming soon. I and there's just a lot of variables to it for my end. Uh, that I don't fully know when all this is going to click into place. So stay tuned, but get excited. I'm really excited about where we're moving forward. I'm excited to see where God takes us. There's been a lot of different things, and there's still things that I'm kind of, there's a couple people who know, but they're kind of hidden from a lot of things. So I want to keep a couple surprises that are coming. But as we dig into the week of March 25th, the week that has many titles. Uh, we have the Palm Sunday and the Sunday of the Passion. So the Palm Sunday text, and from the pastors that I've been kind of discussing and how are you approaching this, many of them are going to look, that I'm talked to, or looking at still reading and doing some Palm Sunday, but then definitely shifting at some point in the service to uh, Sunday having the Passion story as part of the service. So the Palm Sunday text is going to be coming then most likely from Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. And again, it's Mark's nice and tidy version of the story of Jesus coming in and being greeted like a king as he comes into Jerusalem. The Passion text for the gospel will be from Mark chapter 4. 14 verses 1 through chapter 15 verse 47. So we have two full chapters of Mark and that's literally going from the beginning of the Passover feast and and getting into where there's ointment on the feet to him breaking bread together to getting arrested to going through the going to the chief priest, to going to Pilate, to going to be crucified and yet he dies. And his body is being laid to rest. And so that's that whole thing that we're going into. Uh, The first reading, Psalm, and the second reading, I don't know how much. I'm not going to put a ton of emphasis on them. uh, But they're definitely worth a read if if you have the time. They're really short. So the first reading is from Isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 through 9a. And again, it's just this beautiful little text kind of talking about Isaiah and how the Lord is working with him and how he's kind of put him into this place in the aspect of how he listens and what are the different things and the strength that he's able to get from the Lord. The Psalm is Psalm 31 verses 9 through 16. And this is again a really cool sinner's psalm, I I would really say. It's just the sin and how Christ going through this, his steadfast love, just it frees you. And Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 is the second reading or the New Testament reading. And again, it's getting into what is Christ doing? The humbling, the sacrifice, and that aspect. And It's a story that we've heard so many times. And actually, this last Sunday, uh, there's a couple things that really happened that were really neat. One, I got to sit in on my mom teaching a Sunday school class with three students, uh, younger, probably the age of 10, 12, uh, for all three of them. And it was really fun as they were going through this and some of the questions that they were bringing up and discussing and it got me to slow down and really think about this text a little bit more 
like when when Jesus is going to Gethsemane and is praying, why is he praying to himself? In a way he is because he's crying out to God. And we and we realize that there's the Father and the Son and that there's a difference there, but he is in a way also crying out to himself. And it's kind of this you know, we understand it, but there's a point where we can almost skim over it because we're so accustomed to hearing this stuff. We're accustomed to hearing, you know, about the breaking of the bread and all these different things. And so one of the things that I would really encourage you, if you're not doing something for Lent or or you have the time, especially if you're just a typical church worker or a leader in the church, how I like putting it, Take the time and really work through this text. Don't sit down in just one reading. Take it section by section and work through it. And that's where, for me, I think that's the beauty of having a Monday, Thursday service leading into a Good Friday service leading into Easter. And it's really hard stopping and not getting to the complete conclusion of this. And it's really even hard to just do that on my end and, and to summarize all this. And so... Forgive me if there's a few moments where I do end up getting a little bit too far. So that's kind of one of the first things I wanted to to think about. It was just this idea of thinking like a child and taking it like a child and and try asking those questions and taking the time. It's really hard because we've heard this story so many times, but I think there's a lot of things that we can get. There's the denial. There's all these different things, you know. And it was really fun today. And I, I would almost encourage you, if you again, if you have young kids around that maybe haven't heard this story a ton, read through parts of it and ask their thoughts as they go through it. I think it's a really enlightening idea. The second thing, in, and this is where I'm going to get into the science a little bit today. I heard a sermon today from Paul Sedegren. He was a substitute pastor today where I went to church and he brought up a couple things as I was working through this and I was thinking this went a little bit further so I'm actually was thinking about Easter stuff and so I'm excited for Easter there's a lot of really cool things I think we can really bring in from a science perspective about Easter but this text doesn't go that way and he brought up two specific points that I really really liked that I think we want to get into and one is how plants work. And what I mean by that is if you think about think about a potato, and I don't know if you've ever raised potatoes before, but potatoes, potatoes are a tumor, a tuber, that they, you have the stalk above the ground, but what we eat is a, a modification of the roots as they spread out. But all, you know, for a potato plant, a potato plant comes from one single potato, and out of that potato, you can get a dozen or more potatoes. It's the cool thing about potatoes. And I think this is actually a really interesting way of thinking about the crucifixion. And again, it kind of leads into where we're going next week. But the sacrifice of that one potato. We could easily eat that one potato just like you could eat a grain of of wheat and does it how much does it do in the long run? It, it does something right now, but especially like a, a grain of wheat, it really doesn't fill you up. 
But out of that one grain of wheat or out of that one potato, where one potato may feed one person, you could feed a family from a potato plant. And so this idea of of sacrificing one potato to plant it, to let it grow, to nurture it, to spend the time, and to be able to have this bounty. And we get this image a lot in scripture. We, you know, because of the the culture that we were in at that point when the scriptures were written, it was a farming community. And you get all these farming things, and there's a lot of times that we're losing that now because we don't farm as much. But the other thing with that is we then still need to to dig in a little bit, get our hands dirty to understand what what is what is the meaning of this. And when we start thinking about this, this is exactly what Christ is doing for us. Christ is laying down his life. Christ is that single potato. And the thing is is the beautiful thing is he is the potato that literally just keeps on giving. And giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. And we haven't harvested that potato. But the other thing is, is as you dig up potatoes, when you dig up and you find all the potatoes in the root, if you dig where right underneath where the greenery of the potato that you don't eat, you will find the rotted original potato that brought life to all of that. And again, I think it's just this beautiful image of what we're, what we're walking in through. We're walking through this man who is going through, he cries out to God because it's the one and only time that he is separated from the Father. The one and only time. The, you know, he, the darkness that's cast over for, you know, hours because there's a separation between God and his begotten son. He is, he has separated himself for us. He took on the pain of flesh. He took on all this for us. You know, we, the best analogy that we can use is a potato. That one potato is sacrificing itself so that the line of potatoes can continue. He sacrifices himself so that we might live. We have eternal life so we can keep going. The other thing that that Pastor uh, Sedegren brought up, Paul Sedegren, was sacrifice. And it got me thinking as I was sitting in the pew about sacrifice. Because he, he brought up that worship is sacrifice. Worship is our sacrifice. We may not be sacrificing lambs like we did in the Old Testament. We may not be going to the temple and and sacrificing turtle doves or all these different, you know, we got into that when we talked two, three weeks ago about the cleansing of the temple and all the different animals and stuff you could sacrifice. We're not doing that now. We've had our our person who is sacrificing. And he he brought up the idea of how Going to worship is our is part of our sacrifice, not entirely our sacrifice, but part of our sacrifice. Which again, it, it's a fairly safe understanding. But the deep thought I really want to think about with that is, is if we're sacrificing ourselves and we're sacrificing, saying, you know, you are our Lord and Savior, God, and and do your work in me. Let me be your instrument. How much are we sacrificing? How much are we sacrificing of ourselves? How much are we laying down our time? Where are we seeing that sacrifice? 
so for Christ. So we could see it, you know, like going to church, it's part of our filling up process to empower us to go out into the work week. But is that all your sacrifice? I sure hope not. We as Christians, as, as we, you know, followers of the way, need to be doing that more than just going to church. The church is not just the building, as we talked about on this podcast plenty of times before. The church is the community, the church is the people. So how are we then sharing that? How are we sacrificing? You know, are you volunteering? Are you are you spending time with that person who needs that little bit of extra time? Are you going out of your way to do something for someone else this week? It, it's something I think, are we able to sacrifice time? And, and part of why I bring this up, I really like tech. I really like keeping up on hearing what's coming on in like phone technology. I find it very interesting. And, and you know, there's a lot of things for me. I could to kind of talk to my dad and he's like, well, this just sounds like the computer revolution of 20 years ago. And, and there's a lot of things where I say, yep, dad, I, I think I think you're on to something. But in this world of we want things more and more instantaneous. We want things faster. I want to be able to talk to my, I don't want to type in my question. I want to be able to talk to my phone so it can search the question so I can keep doing what I'm doing. We have this this trouble with waiting. We have this trouble with sacrificing time. And the thing is, is, and again, I know this jumps to next week, but that's what we needed. Christ waited three days. And we'll get into, there's a lot of really cool things with the three days. But he waited. He could have just done all the glory right there on the cross. And look, I have, you know, I am the one that you have all been waiting for, that we have been talking about for thousands of years, that have been promised. I'm from the line of Elijah, you know, but he didn't do it that way. He didn't do it that way. And I think there's a point where it was an example, again, for us of the sacrifice. The example of us, of the patience, you know, getting into the 12 fruits, you know, self-control, but patience, gratitude, you know. If Jesus had done that so quickly, would we be so gracious to recognize this? This is the biggest two weeks here in the whole church year. Bigger than Christmas, no matter how much the rest of the world wants to say Christmas is bigger. This is our big celebration. This is the meaning of what it is to be a Christian. That one person, Christ, would sacrifice himself. And and as I was thinking about this text, I mean, there's plenty of things in biology where you talk about these different types of relationships, you know, symbiotic and where they're beneficial to both people, or it's beneficial to one and not to the other, or it's benefits one and at the harm of another. And as I was even trying to think about, you know, should I dig back into my textbooks and try to find this? The relationship that we have with Christ is not like anything else anywhere else. Because you can't say it was a beneficial relationship for both sides. Because why did Christ need to do that? God didn't need to do this for himself. And to say it was a beneficial relationship to one, but not to Christ, I would argue that's that's not the truth either. Because I think 
Christ, part of why he did that was in the aspect of the hope, the hope that we would then come in relationship with him better so that he could bridge that relationship gap with us. That's, I think, one of the things that Christ was really hoping for. So then you could say, well, then, then there is a mutual benefit, but it, that's, that's more abstract. You can't quite measure that. And I wouldn't say that Christ's death, yet he, because of what we know happens, it's not just a pure negative positive relationship, like a leech. You know, he doesn't, he isn't sucking, because of we're sucking the life out of Christ for our sake. This relationship isn't like anything else in nature. And that's what I think it also makes it so difficult to explain. And that's where I'm using potatoes and grains of wheat to talk about the sacrifice that literally has never ended. This is a sacrifice. This is the plant that keeps growing and keeps giving and giving and giving and giving. That's what's so amazing about this story. That's what's so amazing about being a follower of Christ and knowing how amazing this relationship is. No, amazing. That, that That's why we get around the idea of we can never give back to God what he has given us. There is no way. There is no way. That's why for me, like when I go out and see these amazing places and I'm about to go on a, I'm thinking going to be a, a trip that's going to blow my mind. I'm looking at going down to Nebraska this next week and seeing the spring migration, talking about the Sandhill Cranes two months ago, three months ago. I'm hopefully going to go and see that. I was even looking up some stuff today and how there was one spotter, 7,200 Sandhill Cranes in one location. I can't imagine it. The awe, the wonder, you know, and that's where for me, that's the beauty of God. That's where we can see a glimpse of the essence of God, the awe and beauty. And to think that doesn't begin to explain and summarize what Christ is doing for us in these two chapters here in in Mark, that he, he didn't just lay down his life. He laid down his life for everybody before him and everybody after him and everybody that's still coming before he comes. How do you wrap your head around that? It's, it's like Stephen Hawking and when he's trying to explain and talk about stars and, you know, wormholes and, and black holes. And we're talking about light years away. And not like one light year away. Millions of light years away. There are so many ways when we start looking at God with science, when we look at like stuff like this passage, we should be coming back with a sense of awe and wonder. And as we'll, and I'll even precursor it, because I've thought about some things for next week. And I'm really excited about talking about next week. I really am. But there's, we have to remember the awe and wonder of what we're, what we're going toward. He did the impossible. He made literally the impossible possible. That's my preview for next week. You'll find out how. He broke all the rules on what we know. And it's totally cool. And you look at like what he is doing here. He's taking the ordinary 
bread and wine and making it extraordinary. He's taking on the death that isn't supposed to be something a Roman citizen couldn't do this death. That's part of the main reason why you go through the classification in these texts that he's not a Roman citizen. He is purposely stated, you know, as, as, as a Jew because the crucifixion was too horrendous for a Roman citizen to go through. That he was being set as being crucified as an example for all these other people to not do what he did. And by golly, then he showed them all up in the most humbling possible way, in a way, without pounding his chest. You know, if we, and as we as we who have gone through this before, think about where this is leading to for a moment. As we get into this Easter season, we have the resurrection. We have doubting Thomas. We have the vision, you know, where he is appearing in front of people. He appears in front of Paul. He appears in front of, and how often he probably is appearing in front of us and we just don't even realize it. So as we go into this week, and I know this, this one's a little bit different than what I've typically done, but I want you to think about and contemplate what sacrifices are you doing? Are you putting your sacrifices in the right locations? Are you giving God enough time? And I would pray that you have the opportunity to sit down with some people and work through this text. And I would highly recommend, if you have the chance, a young child who's maybe learning this and let them ask as many questions as they can get through their mouth. Because this is a story we have heard so many times. We need those fresh eyes. We need those fresh ears. Hearing this text and asking those questions so that new doors can be opened up to us. So again, I thank you for tuning in. I know this is a little bit longer one. There's, I just gave you a preview of what is coming. And there's a lot more stuff that I'm super excited about that are, that's coming. I'm really happy and excited. I've been so thankful for the feedback that I have been getting. And I pray if you give me the opportunity, just keep bringing in that feedback. It's so encouraging to me. It helps me keep going through those rough times. I pray God blesses you through your faith. I pray that you also this week, you're almost through Lent. You're almost to Easter. Take a deep breath. We're all in this together. It's going to be okay. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.